Welcome to the Danny Nerdnik Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5. Happy October, everybody! We made it through September. Summer's long gone in the rearview mirror. And we're fast approaching Halloween and, well, Thanksgiving, then Christmas, and then the new year. 2016 is almost over. Can you believe it? It's gone by so quickly, hasn't it? And all of the tragedy, all of the triumph, the Olympics, uh, the presidential election that's still going on. This has been a very tumultuous year, hasn't it? It would be nice if there were something familiar that you could grab a hold of, hold close, stay warm with. Well, guess what? Interestingly enough, at this time of year, there seems to be one foodstuff that makes the rounds more than anything else. In fact, a lot of people look forward to this time of year because they can begin to get this product. Of course, you must have figured out by now, we're talking about pumpkin spice. Today on the Danny Nerdnik podcast, we're going to discuss pumpkin spice, what's in it, what it goes in, what can be made of it, and how it came to be an international sensation. So, stick around for that in segments two and three. Let's go on with food trends. Keeping with the continuity of the show, today's food trend segment is going to be the top five best pumpkin spice addled products on the market right now. But it wouldn't be me if I didn't have, you know, a little negative connotation to things. So in addition to the top five best, in my opinion, pumpkin spice addled products, I'm also going to do the worst five pumpkin spice addled products, as in products that have really no need to be pumpkin spiceified. Why would you do that? Stop trying to grab money from people. That's not nice. Be nicer. And that means don't add pumpkin spice to everything. And I'm sure as we go along, you'll see. Pumpkin spice should not be in everything. So without further ado, let's go to the top five best pumpkin spice items of 2016. First off, a company that I really, really love. In my opinion, they make one of the best donuts I've ever had in a regular yeast donut frosted with chocolate and filled with whipped cream. That's right, I'm talking about Krispy Kreme, the home of the hot and waiting donut. In fact, they've got a sign in the window of nearly every Krispy Kreme location to tell you when there are hot donuts available. So you gotta know (laughs) <laughs> That's the place you go for the dough. <laughs> oh, that was awful. Please don't sue me. I'm really trying hard here. So, Krispy Kreme has a pumpkin spice donut, uh, which I can only assume would be a pumpkin spice donut frosted with pumpkin spice frosting and filled mm, with pumpkin spice cream. Oh, it sounds incredible. Again, I really shouldn't do this show when I'm hungry, but as I just paid rent and there's nothing left on my paycheck or in my bank account saved for 36 cents, I'm kind of stuck. So, the Krispy Kreme Pumpkin Spice Donut comes in at number five. Number four, Bailey's Pumpkin Spice Irish Cream. Now, let me tell you what's in 
the pumpkin spice Irish cream that Bailey's uh, has come out with. So here are some ingredients. Are you ready? Cinnamon and baking spices. I can only assume that means allspice and clove. Also, maple, brown sugar. And this is where it gets indecent, guys. So if there are children in the room, you should probably send them out because I'm going to say this real slow. Inside every bottle are bits of baked pie crust. Hmm. Using pie crust to flavor a pumpkin spice drink. Of course, it's going to um, it's going to break down and turn into a little bit of sludge. But in a drink such as Bailey's, you can always just tip that bottle up once or twice with the cap on, and guess what? The pie crust bits are mixed in, so it thickens it a little bit, and it adds pie crust flavor. Oh man, that sounds phenomenal. Coming in at number three, pumpkin spice moonshine. Imagine all of the holiday-themed cocktails that you could make with pumpkin spice moonshine. Imagine this. You have your friends over for a dinner and you want to try out your new espresso maker. So you grab some of this pumpkin spice moonshine, a little bit of that pumpkin spice Baileys. You take the Baileys, you take the moonshine, and you take the espresso, you mix them all together. And why not? You... Pour that mixture over some chocolate ice cream or some vanilla ice cream or peanut butter ice cream if you really want to get crazy with it, and you serve that as a dessert. Or you do a Bailey's, a pumpkin spice Bailey's and moonshine sauce over some brownies, or you turn that all into a caramel sauce together and you pour it just over some ice cream, really over anything. Imagine all of the possibilities, a Bailey's cake, a pumpkin spice cake with um, like pumpkin spice moonshine syrup that you pour over it or soak it in. Goodness, why is this at number three? This should be at number one on this list. Oh, man. Uh, another drink, the pumpkin spice Godiva Truffolata. Let me repeat that one more. It just because I don't know if I heard myself say this correctly, and I just want to I just want to make sure, because if I didn't, that would be embarrassing. So let me say this again. Let me get right up on this book that I wrote it down in. Pumpkin Spice Godiva Truffolata. Let that sink in for a second. That last word, the one that Godiva made up, Truffolata. So what does that tell you? They've made... <laughs> they have made a frozen beverage with a truffle of some sort. That's almost indecent. America's already fat. Stop that, Godiva. You're not helping anybody. Just really making it worse. I mean, it sounds incredible. Here's the, uh, the description that they released online. A coffee milkshake with a pumpkin cheesecake Godiva truffle blended in. Ugh. <laughs> I wanty, wanty, wanty. My number one seed, and this is going to seem a little weird to people listening, but I really love Honey Nut Cheerios. They're one of my favorite breakfast cereals. I, I just eat them, you know, as a snack. They're delicious. They're sweet. They're not terrible for you. And, I mean, you can really just take them anywhere. I bet when you were a kid, your parents probably bought uh, Cheerios and brought them with, you, with them and you when you would go out so you'd have a little snacky. So think about it like this. 
instead of the Honey Nut Cheerios, you have Pumpkin Spice Cheerios. And they're, they're made with real pumpkin puree, nutmeg, cinnamon, and clove. I mean, it's, that sounds incredible. I would love to eat that on a crisp uh, October morning when it's just kind of getting down to the 40s. That sounds like an awesome bowl of breakfast cereal. I don't even like pumpkin spice. This just sounds really good to me, like legitimately delicious. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Probably am. Here's the only con I could come up with. That is available in mid-August. August is not pumpkin time. There are no pumpkins in August. October, November. These are pumpkin times. Halloween is pumpkin day. Why are you releasing pumpkin spice things in August? Nobody wants that. In August, you don't want a pumpkin spice latte. You don't want one iced. No. You want an iced tea. You want an iced coffee. You don't want milk-based beverages. Come on, Cheerios. Get it together. Come on. So, as promised before, bad pumpkin spice things. Um, two of these things actually go together. So let's start with my number five seed on the bad side, the pumpkin spice frappuccino. Now, I'm not talking about the one that you get at Starbucks. I mean, I don't like those either, but the ones that you buy in the store that come either warm or cold, those are freaking gross. I mean, if you ever, if you have ever had one, they're gooey, they're nasty. And I mean, if you spill it on your hands, your hands are going to be sticky for days, even after you wash them. It's ridiculous. They're too thick. They don't get frothy enough, and you don't know what kind of chemicals are in there that keep it all thick or and emulsified. Really, it's just, I mean, it's a terrible product. Starbucks, what are you doing? I don't have a problem with the pumpkin spice aspect. It's just a terrible product. Okay. Number four seed, pumpkin and spice Triscuits. All right. Let's get something really, really clear here, Triscuits people. You make a salty snack, a salty crunchy cracker that is meant to be savory. I don't know what you're doing. You're you're treading on some dangerous territory. You want to be a dessert, make yourself a cake, make yourself a cookie. Triscuits are not dessert. And if you add pumpkin spice to Triscuits, you are I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. You're you're probably a sociopath. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if you uh, just lied all the time and did things without thinking about other people's feelings or the consequences. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Pumpkin spice Triscuits. That's absolutely crazy. Ugh, enough said. Um, the next one, number three, the pumpkin spice wine that I saw advertised. I have no problem, clearly, with pumpkin spice liquor. But you're making a white wine with pumpkin spice flavor. Now, come on, guys, as if Chateau Diana wasn't bad enough. I mean, really, wine is a very is a very serious thing. And yes, it can be playful. Yes, it can be fun. I agree that I agree with both of those statements. But pumpkin spice wine, you're taking a craft that's developed over the entirety of human history. And what are you reducing it to? <laughs> ingredients to a pie. Okay, now before you say, oh, but, but Danny Nerdnik, there, there are wines made of other fruits that go into pies. Yes, yes, there are. 
but how many of them are really any good? And I'm not talking about the small batch, like, craft stuff. I'm talking about the Boone's Farm, the nasty, uh, the, the nasty bottom of the, the fermenting barrel that gets mixed with some faux raspberry juice and released. I'm talking about real fruit wines, wine made with care from actual fruit. Take note of this. Actual fruit, not the nasty fake stuff. So pumpkin spice wine, it just really, it, if you want a bad white, then just go get yourself a box of Franzia. I mean, why not? It's probably going to be about the same price, and I bet it, the Franzia is going to taste better. Plus, you can play Slap the Bag, which is a really fun game. Side note, if you do not know what uh, Slap the Bag is, I will explain it right now. This is a Danny Nerdnik first. I really don't drink very much. Um, uh, but when I was at culinary school, I did have a few, because that's what you do when you're at college, right? So Slap the Bag is where you take the plastic bladder with all of the wine out of the box of wine, you open the, the, uh, the tab, you open the thing, and you put it in your mouth, the, the spigot in your mouth, and someone slaps the bag, forcing wine down your throat. It's not fun. I mean, it is fun in the moment, but thinking back, it's, it's not really fun fun. You get hella drunk, and you have a terrible hangover. How did we get here? Oh, right, pumpkin spice wine. Uh, Franzia slapped the bag. There you go. If, geez, I guess the ADD meds are wearing off because I am all over the place. The next, uh, the next terrible product, uh, the number, let's see, one, two, three, the number two seed. Yeah, the no well, let's call this three and a half. It's kind of an honorable mention. Um, who out in podcast land? enjoys the product peeps i mean aside from putting in the microwave and watching them blow up i'll wait show of hands bueller bueller that's right nobody actually likes to eat peeps so if you're going to have peeps at least make them deliciously flavored with real flavors not these artificial flavors that get passed off as natural flavoring because they were distilled from something at one point that tasted similar to something that tasted almost like but not exactly pumpkin spice. So think about this. Pumpkin spice latte peeps. How many flavors are you adding there? Cinnamon easy enough, nutmeg easy enough, clove easy enough. But these companies wouldn't do that. They'd approximate these flavors, wouldn't they? Now we're going to add coffee to the mix, specifically espresso. I mean, how do you imitate espresso with chemicals? It's just, I mean, really, pumpkin spice latte peeps? Are you actually are you actually kidding me? Is this a bad joke? Really? Ugh. Sometimes America, I just wonder. Maybe maybe Donald Trump should be president if you guys are really out there creating demand for the supply of pumpkin spice latte peeps. Come on, guys, get it together. Eat better. Make your own marshmallows. You can actually put real flavors in them. Why not? Make your own food. Why am I yelling at you? You guys are my listeners. I love you guys. But come on. C come on. The American marketplace, guys. Come on. 
make us look good. Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. We can't, come on, seriously. He's actually uh, nearly tied with Hillary Clinton. Do we really need pumpkin spice latte peeps too? Come on, stop making us look fat and stupid and lazy in front of the rest of the world. Stop eating this, this stuff. It's terrible. All right, so that was my honorable mention. My number two seed, the Harvest Pumpkin Tortilla Chips. I have the same problem with these that I do with Triscuits. And that's you're, you're kind of mixing your dessert with your snack crackers. And I would be okay with that if they decided to uh, just go all the way and made them like little cookies. But they're not cookies, are they? They're not even graham crackers. They're actual chips. They're literal tortilla chips with pumpkin spice latte or with pumpkin spice flavoring on them. Now, if it were just cinnamon and allspice and nutmeg, that would be cool. I mean, you could you could call it mole, really. If you added some powdered chocolate and a little bit of chili and maybe some cumin, that's mole. But you're not, or they're not, not you. You guys are awesome. The people who make these, not so much. So, really, and next thing you're going to tell me, there's pumpkin spice salsa. Oh, wait, there's pumpkin spice salsa at my number one seed, pumpkin spice salsa. You have them with your pumpkin spice triscuits and your pumpkin spice stupid tortilla chips. Ugh. I'm so disappointed. I've nearly lost faith in humanity over this stuff. Come on, guys. We deserve better. We owe it to ourselves to be better. I have no problem with pumpkin spice. I think the flavors are great. I'll eat a pumpkin pie any day of the week. But there's a time, there's a place, there's a product. Just, it's like cranberry, right? In the 90s, cranberry juice got into everything. Cran apple, uh, cran raspberry, cran peach, cran your mom. Seriously, I, how did it get there? Why is it, that, I mean, a savvy marketing team Maybe up in Nantucket, that would make sense. Ocean Spray has a, a great marketing team, but we're not talking about cranberry right now. We were talking about pumpkin spice. So stick around after the break and we'll talk a little bit more about pumpkin spice. Namely, what the heck is it? What's in pumpkin spice? What, uh, what goes into a pumpkin pie? Um, all of these things in segments two and three on the Danny Nerdnik podcast season one. Episode 5. Stick around. Welcome back to the Danny Nerdnik Podcast. Season 1, Episode 5. Today, we are talking about one of the most popular uh, culinary uh, add-ins in the modern age. Today, we are talking about pumpkin spice. So I guess we should start by asking the question, what exactly is pumpkin spice? What makes up the spice mix of it? Well, there's actually a very simple answer, and that is just five occasionally, well, uh, no, five 
two, three, four, five. Yeah, I was my my counting is right. My math skills might not be great, but um, occasionally I do get it right. So five spices in this, and here they are. It's cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, cloves, and allspice. So in typical Danny Nerdnik fashion, I did a little bit of research because I am your favorite nerd and your second favorite Schwartz, and I figured out a couple things. I went all over the internet and I found some information. Well, who am I lying to? I went on Wikipedia. So here they are, a little bit of history uh, and background on all of the spices in pumpkin spice. Uh, one of the things you got to look for when it comes to this stuff is what around the world are uh, what around the world are these spices like? What other cultures have similar spices uh, in the same mix? And one of the things I found uh, was that there is a thing called in Britain called mixed spice. It's also called pudding spice. It's a British blend of sweet spices similar to the pumpkin pie spice used here in the United States of America. Of course, cinnamon is the dominant flavor. Uh, in this case, I guess you'd spell flavor with a U, right? F-L-A-V-O-U-R. Uh, nutmeg and allspice are also dominant flavors. It's often used in baking or to complement fruits or other sweet food. The term mixed spice has been used for this blend of spices in cookbooks for at least as far back as 1828, and I would assume much further as uh, the Brits have been around and baking for a long, long time. So mixed spice is very similar to a Dutch spice mix called kekruiden, uh, K-O-E-K-K-R-U-I-D-E-N, or uh, speculaaskruiden, uh, which are mainly used to spice food associated with the Dutch Sinterklaas celebration on December 5th. Uh, the difference between the two is koikroiden contains cardamom, and I'm working at uh, like an upscale Italian, uh, Italian, ha, huh, an upscale upscale Indian restaurant right now, uh, helmed by a famous chef who I don't want to mention on the podcast, uh, but I may be able to get him for an interview. So if I can, you're gonna find out exactly where I work. Ah, 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 can't tell you yet. Okay, so let's go down the list and give you a little background about the ingredients in pumpkin spice or, I guess, mixed spice. So the first one, the big one, is cinnamon. And this is a spice obtained from the inner bark of several different types of trees from the genus Cinnamomum that is used in both sweet and savory foods. The term cinnamon also refers to its mid-brown color, as I'm sure you've had the 128 pack of uh, of Crayolas. You've seen cinnamon as a cinnamon as a color. Um, cinnamon verum is sometimes considered to be true cinnamon. Cinnamon, uh, although most cinnamon in the international in international commerce is derived from other species that are related. Uh, which are also referred to as cassia, C-A-S-S-I-A, -S -S to distinguish them from the true cinnamon. Now, it seems that cinnamon is the name for perhaps a dozen species of trees and the commercial spice products that some of them produce, but all 
of them all are members of the genus Cinnamomum in the family Lauraceae. Lauraceae? Lauraceae. Let's, let's go with Lauraceae. But only a few of them, you see, are grown commercially for spice. Now, the English word cinnamon um, was in English since the 15th century, and it is derived from the Greek kinamomum, kinamomon, uh, later kinamon. Uh, this was via the Latin and medieval French intermediate forms. And the Greek borrowed from a Phoenician word, which was akin to uh, the Hebrew word kinamon with a Q. The name Cassia was first uh, the name Cassia was first recorded in English around 1000 AD and was borrowed via Latin and ultimately de derives from uh, the Hebrew Kitsia. Q apostrophe T S I A H Kitsia. And that was a form of the word katza which meant to strip off bark. Now early in early modern English also used the names canel and canella akin to the current names of cinnamon in several other European languages, which are descri described, right, <laughs> derived from the Latin word canella, which is a diminutive of canna, which means tube, and that, of course, is from the distinctive way the bark curls up as it dries. Isn't that fascinating? I never knew. Huh. So, in classical times, there were four types of cinnamon that were distinguished and often confused. Uh, the true cinnamon, which is the bark of the sea verum, uh, and that's from Sri Lanka. Malabathrum, or malobathrum, with an O instead of an A, uh, from the Sanskrit tamalapatram, which means literally dark tree leaves, and uh, several species, including C. tamala from the north of India. Uh, Sericatum, or C. cassia from Ceres, that is China, and cassia, the bark of the cinnamomum inners from Arabia and Ethiopia, literally the peel of the plant. Fascinating. I never knew there was so much to know about cinnamon. But because uh, we're kind of on a, uh, a bit of a time crunch here, because we only have 39 to 40 minutes, I'm not going to go through everything, but I assure you, if you direct your browser to the Wikipedia and look up cinnamon, there's a lot of really interesting history um, about it, including the fact that it was imported to Egypt as early as 2000 BC. But those who report that uh, had come from China and uh, they confused it with cassia. So definitely give that a look. Uh, let's go now to nutmeg. So nutmeg, also known as pala in Indonesia, is one of uh, two spices, the other being mace, derived from several species of tree in the genus Myristica. Hmm. The other uh, important commercial species is Myristica fragrans, an evergreen tree indigenous to the Banda Islands in the Moluccas, aka the Spice Islands of Indonesia. The nutmeg is the seed of the tree, roughly egg-shaped, about 20 to 30 millimeters, or 0.8 to 1.2 inches long and 15 to 18 millimeters, 0.6 to 0.7 inches wide. Uh, and they weigh between five and 10 grams or 0.2 and 0.4 ounces dried. While mace is the dried lacy reddish covering or arrow of the seed, the first harvest of nutmeg trees takes place seven to nine years after planting and the trees reach full production after about 20 years. Could you imagine being a nutmeg farmer? That would suck, that would really be bad. It would take so long, your startup, 
money would, would really have to be well invested or else you'd probably go broke in the first 10 years. Could you imagine? That'd be terrible. Hmm. So nutmeg is usually used in powdered form and this is the only tropical fruit that is the source of two different spices obtained from different parts of the plant. Several other commercial products are also produced from the trees, including essential oils, uh, extracted oleo resins, and nutmeg butter. It's got many uses, including for its flavor. Uh, a lot of European dishes will traditionally include it uh, shaved fresh onto food. Um, a lot of meat, a lot of potatoes. Um, a lot of Austrian food uses nutmeg. A lot of German food uses nutmeg. It's a warm spice, and thus um, it, it's used on, on food that would be hearty. So uh, a couple notes about its psychoactivity and toxicity, uh, because here at the Danny Nerdnik podcast, we like to expand our consciousness. Take that how you will. In low doses, nutmeg produces no noticeable physiological or neuro neurological responses. However, in large doses, nutmeg, raw, has psychoactive effects in its freshly ground form from whole nutmeg. Uh, nutmeg contains, contains, con nutmeg contains meristicin, uh, which is a monoamine oxidase inhibitor and psychoactive substance. Meristocin poisoning can induce convulsions, convulsions, palpitations, nausea, eventual dehydration, and generalized body pain. For these reasons, whole or ground nutmeg cannot be imported into Saudi Arabia except in spice mixtures where it comprises less than 20%. It's also uh, reputed to be a strong deliriant. Fatal meristocin poisonings in humans are very, very rare, but three have been in, have been reported, including one in an eight-year-old child and another in a 55-year-old adult, with the uh, latter case being attributed to a combination with flunitrezepam, which I guess is like a muscle relaxant, maybe? Um, in other reports, raw nutmeg produced anti-cholinergenic-like symptoms, attributed to meristocin and alemicin. I have no idea what this means. Um, I just like psychedelics. I'm sorry. I think they're cool. Um, yeah, so turns out you can, uh, you can get high off nutmeg. Though I don't think I would attempt it. You just give me some lovely cannabis and I'll be fine. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. It seems that it is toxic when women are pregnant. Um, so yeah, don't, uh, don't eat nutmeg when you got a bun in the oven, unless it's a nutmeg bun. I guess that'd be delicious. Coming up next on the Danny Nerdnik podcast, we're going to break down the rest of the pumpkin spice spices. Um, but in, in the interest of time and keeping everything under nearly 40 minutes, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with ginger, clove, and allspice. Stick around.
Welcome back to the Danny Nerdnik Podcast. Today's episode, episode five of season one, is concerning pumpkin spice. We're just going over uh, what is in pumpkin spice so you know exactly what you're sipping on when you sip on your delicious PSL from SBs. Um, we got through uh, what pumpkin pie spice is made of, the British variant mixed spice, cinnamon, and nutmeg, which brings us to the last three. So uh, ginger is the next on the list, and that's a flowering plant whose rhizome ginger root, or simply ginger, is widely used as a spice or folk medicine. It's quite delicious. I mean, everybody knows ginger. Uh, it's all over the place. A lot of Japanese use, a lot of uh, Japanese foods use it. Uh, there's a lot of pickled ginger in Japanese food. Uh, it's used as an accompaniment for sushi. Uh, it's a sweet, warm spice. Gives things a lovely yellow color uh, when it's ground and added to food. It's ginger. I mean, come on, it's ginger. Really, what else do you need to know about it? Uh, clove. The cloves are the aromatic flower buds of a tree in the Myr Myrtaceae. Uh, and the, that's the family Myr Myrtaceae. M-Y-R-T-A-C-E-A-E. Jeez, -E. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm trying to pronounce this. Syzygium. Uh, Aromaticum. That wasn't so hard. Syzygium aromaticum. They are native to the Maluku Islands in Indonesia and are commonly used as a spice. They are uh, commercially harvested primarily in Bangladesh, Indonesia, India, Madagascar, Zanzibar, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and Tanzania, and cloves are available throughout the years. The clove tree is an evergreen that grows up to 8 to 12 meters tall with large leaves and sanguine flowers grouped in terminal clusters. The flower buds initially have a pale hue, gradually turn green, then transition to a bright red when ready for harvest. Cloves. Yum. Uh, they're used in Asian, African, and Near and Middle East countries' food, lending flavor to meats, curries, and marinades, as well as... Uh, fruit, such as apples, pears, or rhubarb. Um, something that I've seen people do would be to make an onion piquet, which is you when you take an onion, you cut a slit in it, and into the slit you insert a bay leaf, and then you stud it with cloves, and then you'll use that to uh, initially flavor a bechamel sauce, which is milk um, thickened with a roux. That's bechamel sauce. That's traditional. Uh, it's not necessarily the modern way of doing it, but that is the classic way of making a bechamel sauce. Just so you know. Um, let's move on to the final pumpkin spice spice. This is like the, the Y in the list of vowels, A-E-I-O-U, and sometimes Y. So it's, uh, it's cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, clove, and sometimes allspice. Uh, so allspice is also called Jamaica pepper, pepper, myrtle pepper, pimenta, Turkish yenibahar, or new spice. It is the dried unripe fruit or berries used as a spice of pimenta diosia, dioisa, or uh, I, let me try that again. <laughs> pimenta dioisia, dioisa, pimenta dioisa. Finally got it, which is a mid canopy tree, great mid canopy tree native to the Greater Antilles, 
southern Mexico, and Central America. And it's now uh, cultivated in many warm parts of the world. The name allspice was coined as early as 1621 by the English, who thought it, com who had it, who thought it combined the flavor of cinnamon, nutmeg, and cloves. Now there are several unrelated fragrant shrubs which are called Carolina allspice, Japanese allspice, or wild allspice. And um, allspice, the name is also used to refer to the herb costmary sometimes. Um, let's see. Uh, allspice turns out to be one of the most important ingredients in, in Caribbean cuisine, as it is used in Caribbean jerk seasoning. Um, and the wood used to smoke jerk in Jamaica, although the... Oh, okay. I get it. So it's used in Caribbean jerk seasoning. And the wood of the allspice plant is used to smoke jerk in Jamaica, although the spice um, itself could be a good substitute. It's also used in moles and pickling, and it's also an ingredient in commercial sausage and uh, curry powders. Allspice is also indispensable in Middle Eastern cuisine, particularly in, Le in the Levant, which, if my memory serves correctly, is Northern Africa. Um, and kind of the Middle East towards Iraq and Syria, but don't quote me on that. Uh, and it's used to flavor a wide variety of stews and meat dishes. In Palestinian cuisine, for example, uh, many main dishes call for allspice as the sole spice added for flavoring. Uh, in the United States here, it's used mostly for desserts, but it's also responsible for giving Cincinnati-style chili its distinctive aroma and flavor. Allspice is commonly used in Great Britain and appears in many dishes, including cakes. Even in many countries where allspice is not popular in the household, as in Germany, it is used in large amounts by commercial sausage makers. It is a main flavor used in barbecue sauces, and in the West Indies, an allspice liqueur called pimento dram is produced. It's also been used as a deodorant, and volatile, uh, volatile oils uh, in the plant contain eugenol, a weak antimicrobial agent. That's interesting. That's actually quite fascinating. You find in a lot of different woods um, the ability to fight off microbes. Freaking crazy, huh? Well, that kind of wraps it up for our educational segments. Uh, stick around through the break. We're going to say some goodbyes. I'm going to give the social media um, addresses, the places you can reach me. Um, yeah, thanks for sticking around. Stick with us through the break. See you on the flip. Welcome back to the Danny Nerdnik Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5. Guys, thank you so much for joining us again for another uh, quote-unquote exciting episode of the Danny Nerdnik Podcast. I'm really trying to grow this thing. I'm, I'm so happy that you guys are all here and listening. Uh, I'd love to interact with you. So, 
If you feel so inclined, you can reach out to me. I'm on Facebook at Danny Nerdnick Podcast, or I guess at Danny Nerdnick, maybe Danny Nerdnick Podcast. Yeah, just uh, go to Facebook, start typing the Danny Nerdnick Podcast, N E R D N I K. D-A-N-N-Y, Danny Nerdnick Podcast, into uh, the Facebook uh, search bar, and you'll probably find me. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Danny underscore Nerdnick. You can find us on Stitcher at the Danny Nerdnick Podcast. We are available on iTunes at the Danny Nerdnick Podcast. Uh, the same on the Google Play Store. We are on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Danny underscore Nerdnik uh, at sn- on Snapchat uh, at Eat Ribs underscore Listen to the number two fish ph like the band that's Eat Ribs underscore Listen to the number two fish like the band the same on Reddit Eat Ribs underscore Listen to the number two like the band uh, excuse me Eat Ribs Listen to the number two like the band fish um, you can find us on Snapchat at Oh No They Got Me. You can email us, dannynerdnick at gmail.com. Guys, thank you so much for sticking around with the Danny Nerdnick podcast. Really appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, Like, comment, subscribe, share. Uh, Give it to your friends. Um, Yeah, please. I'd love for this to grow. Uh, I'd love to keep doing this. And to do this, we need followers. So please, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Okay, it's come to that time. You know what I'm going to say. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, and if you do, do it well. Catch you next time. Hot flames of fire roaring at my back As she disappeared But soon she